0: Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor.
1: If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Can you hear in your headphones? ish Okay. 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 Shall we welcome our guests?
0: Are we welcoming? Welcome,
1: kids. Welcome. <laughs> so, but then. I think we're on episode 49.
0: 49? It's like
1: 69, only not as good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't wait for that episode. We're just gonna have to get fucking raunchy.
1: We need to come up with something good for I episode sixty nine because we are the immature motherfuckers of color me Dead. Yes, we are The immature can't can't you're a cant
0: you're a cant <laughs> so let's talk a little bit. About our plugs. So we're going to start with Studio Sweden, who does our amazing headphones. 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 They do over-the-ear earbuds. Earbuds have nine hours of life. Um, the over-the-ears are about 24 hours or better. Because or be- yeah, I swear it, it's better than it's that. It's better than, uh, it, yeah. I wear um, mine all the time. I wear mine consistently every day and i only have to charge them about once every two weeks
1: i've only charged mine three times since november and i use them all the time edit record yeah managing. i do mine air is flying to- air is sang. and to listen to my podcast
0: so if you want to check those out you can get those at s-u-d-i-o dot com and use the promo code color me dead for 15 percent off at checkout And
1: if you are part of our Facebook group, you have a chance to win some of said headphones.
0: Yes. Yeah. So as soon as we hit 1,250 likes, then we will give a pair away to whoever liked, shared, and commented on the post. We'll do a drawing once we
1: hit 1,250, and that's on the regular podcast page. And then... On the group page, when we get a 1,000 members in our group, we'll do another drawing. Same one, same people that are in the in the hat for the drawing for the first time.
0: We'll do a, a drawing. drawing. A, a drawing? That's a lovely <laughs> accent.
1: I don't know what it is. I don't know either. I, I, I don't speak up my name. own shit. I speak Nikki. I speak Nikki.
0: Um, we also want you guys to reach out to com for bath bombs, crystals, Different things that you can uh, get from their store. Oil, CBD, whatever your little your, heart th- desires. I knew you
1: were going there. I was going to finish it by whatever your little heart desires. Well, whatever
0: your lethal heart desires. <laughs> um, and if you use deadpod15 at checkout, you're going to get a promo discount as well.
1: And we're cunt bags, and we've been giving you the wrong code. So just... Listen to this one. It's Dead Pod Fifteen. Not dead just Pod dead Fifteen. Pod.
0: We should probably put that on the page. Because we're dumb. We're, we're dumb. Yeesh. Yeesh. But we're pretty. Yeesh. Yeesh. Not right now, but yeesh. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is how I woke up. Uh, if you want to donate to our Patreon, go to patreoncom backslash color me dead podcast. and we're going to give a big shout out to our alpha dogs, Tiffany Piper. And Clinton Toon, we're dumb and we didn't give you shout outs for the last, the last two. Second. So, no. can, should we just say their names two times in a row and, and it will Tiffany count? Tiffany
0: Piper and Clinton
1: Toon. One more Come time. Come on down.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: Yay, thank you. There are alpha dogs and they are
0: Beatty We also just got in all of our merch. Fuck Yes. So you'll so, be getting your marriage perks. So all of our Patreons, we've got your merch. Um, we've got the water bottles. We've got the lanyards. We've got the shirts. Like, lots of things happening. Yes. And all the Yeesh. other
1: stuff has already been sent out. Yes. So we'll just be sending out
0: the big the big items. Of- just killing time. By Kayla Wren who we like to lovingly refer to as Kylo Ren. Yes. She does the murder boxes and they've actually fucking sold out. God
1: damn it. Yeah. I need I need more. We got the one that we opened live on air. If you guys did not see it, reach out to us and we will show you all the fucking shit from there cuz it was Dude, we got a fucking ass.
0: we got cards like trading cards of serial killers. We yes. got a shirt. We got a book. We got pictures. All, like crazy shit out a of just killing. Yes, we got oh, our Jonestown mugs, dude. The oh, that fucking magazine. That mm-hmm. was great. With so, Ed Kemper on the front. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys are deeply interested in true crime, the way that we are, we want you to reach out to true crime. Just Killing Time dot and you get crazy cool shit. Thank you, Kayla, for hooking us up. And
1: U.S. dollars, if I converted correctly, I think it turns out to be $60 a month because the shipping over here, because she's across the pond. Yes. Totally. But it's fucking, fucking worth it. it. All the
0: shit we got in there, like it, it's worth that and more. Oh, easily, easily. And And even if you don't want to do the box, share it. Do because it's badass, and you're supporting small business,
1: yeah. Because she is a small business is startup, a small business. It's not a big thing, but it's literally like the loot crate or the nerd block or right, whatever for
0: murder for It's murder like us. And so, justkillingtom.org, go fucking check that out, okay? So, we're gonna move into survivor stories again, and the reason being we're working on some other stories that take time but we've had a strong outreach we because have. people like the survivor stories and they're they're smaller lesser known or unknown yeah And people really enjoy those. Well, and last time we did them, we kept it to domestic violence
1: survivor stories. Right. These are some that came in about the same time, but don't necessarily
0: fall into the domestic violence, but stories that need to be told. Right. And now we're going to tell survivor stories of a different sort. And I think every story needs to be told. Um, I'm going to start, if that's okay. Yeesh. Okay. So we keep these anonymous unless the person wants to reach out. Um, So I'm just going to call this person Belle. She reached out to us and said, and I'm literally, literally going to read her story in her own words that she emailed us. Um, I just listened to your latest podcast and it was amazing. My abuse story is not domestic. I disagree. I I believe it is domestic. But she says, I am a disabled trans woman. My father was my sole caregiver. Oh.
1: Wow. That's how we're going to roll today.
0: Yep. Fucking mouth. Make words. Betrayed me. Betrayed me. Fucking mouth. So her father was her sole caregiver. Um, She began to transition. Two female in October of 2016. Before my transition, I was working as a therapist in a support group. Group. Mm-hmm. Group. Yep. In a support group. I have my bachelor's in psychological science and a grad certificate in suicide prevention. I weighed the risk after waiting years. Oh, That makes me so sad. Like a person trying to determine whether or not it's going to be safe for them To, to, to transition because of things that could happen to them. I weighed the risk after waiting for years and started my transition. I had to keep it a secret until February.
1: Jesus.
0: I know. Of the next year. When I did, my father slowly ramped up the abuse. So... This is going to be one of those stories where if you aren't ready to hear certain things or if you're sensitive, now's the time to turn it off. Yeah. Okay. So her father started slowly ramping up the abuse and would do things like refusing to brush her hair or deliberately doing it painful to convince her to cut it. And yeah... I mean, that face that you're making right now, I... I already read this,
1: I remember now. I already read it, but it doesn't make it any easier the second no. time.
0: And I, I really, it, it upsets me because I feel like no matter what your kids do, less becoming fucking ex murders you yeah. really need to support them in what they do.
1: Let them be them.
0: Let them be them. Um. So her father would refuse to groom... Or do it painfully. And he did it in an attempt to convince Bell to cut it to a masculine length. Um, in his mind, his father's mind, as the carer, he owned the body that he was caring for. Yeah. And in Bell's words, when I would be home as I was studying for my master's three hours away. My parents lived off an island in Brisbane, uh, Australia. He would randomly break into rants about how I was a freak and how no one would ever love me and how I was going to die alone. It would escalate into hairbrushes being thrown at her face and her father would taunt her about being a disgusting animal due to, I don't know, a need to terrorize her or bully her into not making these choices because they couldn't open his mind and just let his be his kid be his kid exactly um she would sleep in her chair at uni two nights in a row out of fear like yeah. to be away from yeah. this person um gosh this is harder to read out loud than i thought uh No care agency would, okay, these are quotes directly from the email. No care agency would help me as I was technically, I had carers. Um, She has cerebral palsy and there was carers that were coming into the home. However, it wasn't the care that she needed. She can't leave her chair without help. And so you need to think about it, think about it as like a person who has had a stroke from birth. Yeah. Okay. There she stayed unable to change her clothes or go to the bathroom except for in a bottle and using this time to search for a house, she's also looking for different carers mm-hmm. and different people to help her out. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I could see where that was a a priority. For sure. Right. Any mention of her womanhood was stifled by any carers. So not just her father, but anybody else that was helping her. And this goes back to where, you know, the transition that she chose to make was being squashed, which is deeply upsetting. Um, Any person that is trying to make that transition, it's hard enough in um society without having the people closest to you shit on you all i was allowed was my hrt which are the hormones that you yeah. take to make the Hormone transition replacement therapy Correct. yes yes okay. i had to ask because I didn't know and so I did have some some questions for her. The skin on my backs of my legs was almost necrotic but they would only let me see a doctor if my father came and he had the power of attorney. My mother was around but she worked and couldn't stand up to my dad and was afraid and wanted her son back. So she had necrotic flesh on the back of her legs And none of the carers would take her to the doctor to have it taken care of unless the father agreed, which we all know that he had issues with this. And the only other person that could override that was the mom. And she was like, I want my son back.
1: And I'm too afraid to tell your dad that you need to go
0: in. Right. After searching for months, as there were no trans-friendly and accessible uh, caring facilities, I finally moved back into a place. I lived on $200 a fortnight, which means $200 every two weeks.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: With fucked up skin on the back of her legs.
1: I... I hate to say it, but I'd probably rather do that than be abused every single day. Like, I'll make that $200 fucking stretch all the way.
0: And I'm sure that's where she was at mm-hmm. as well. And it's deeply disturbing that people are that close-minded that they don't want to take care of their loved ones regardless. Yeah. And that that upsets me. She's living on $200 every two weeks to find a better, like, housing She was groped, assaulted, starving.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Bell went on to tell that uh, the episode that we did on Survivor Stories had given her hope. And if you don't mind me saying, please consider doing something for people with disabilities who have been killed by their carers. Now, that was supposed to drop. February 28th. And unfortunately we had other episodes. We had a a scheduling conflict that didn't allow for that, but I want everybody to reach out and look into this because many people weren't as lucky as she was. And she says on March 1st across the, uh, across the world, people that we remember being killed by their caregivers are being honored. And I'm sorry that we didn't get that out in time um my deepest apologies
1: that's half my fault because of doctor visits and stuff that i had going on at that time
0: it, it is what it is but i would like for people to research that and look out um she also says your podcast helps with my dark oh dude this is so sweet your podcast helps with the dark days and if you guys ever need a psych point of view don't hesitate to reach out my story is random and i know It's not what you were looking for, but you give me the strength to move on. Feel free to use this as you decide to do anything.
1: Anything is what we're looking for. Anything to raise awareness for what is going on out there in some people's houses behind closed doors. And so that people know what they can do for other people. If you suspect it, please try to help these people out because they're living a hell in their house. And if you don't do anything about it to help them, they're not going to get help a lot of the times. They're not. Because they're too afraid to do it themselves. Or they can't.
0: Yeah. And that's the worst part is there are people... um, I've seen videos recently, either on YouTube or Facebook, of people being abused by their caregivers, Mm -hmm. whether they're in a home or in their own home. And it's fucking deeply disturbing because my mother's in a nursing home.
1: Yeah.
0: And... Oh, shit. It would... Upset me to the point of, like, a Mickey and Mallory Knox rage to know that somebody had treated my mom like that. Yeah. Defenseless as she is. Exactly. And, and that's that's our listener that submitted this story, you know, with having cerebral palsy and everything else. And despite the disability, they're still reaching for a higher learning. They're still going to school. They're still... Educating themselves so that they can better other people and help other people. And then they've got people that are shitting on them and treating them like trash. So it's one of those things where I would encourage everybody to look at caregiver abuse And I do believe that's a form of domestic abuse because it's happening in your home. It might not be a person that you're in a relationship with, but it is a person that you're in a relationship with.
1: Yeah, it's at your house. It's happening there. All right, shall we move on to our next one and i'm going to read it because i really suck at trying to paraphrase i will fuck it completely up so i'm just going to read it so i don't fuck up this person's story okay she starts off saying hi angel and nikki first off like to say that i love your podcast i think you two are amazing thank you
0: we know just
1: kidding <laughs> <laughs> we're assholes thank you i know i no, know i'm just kidding.
0: thank you so much
1: I have kind of a survivor story and after hearing how supportive and awesome you are with survivors, I knew I could tell you. It all started when I was about 18 months old. My sperm donor of a father had left us, uh, left as soon as my mom told him she was pregnant. My mom met a man, Russ, and because I was so young, I always thought he was my dad. We spent a lot of time together as a family, even after he was incarcerated for drugs. Mom and I would go to the prison and visit him every week. In fact, that's where he and my mom got married. Eventually, he was released and came to live with us. Now, at that time, we lived in a trailer behind my grandparents' house. My mom worked every day, and Russ would stay with me because, of course, he had no job. I was too young for school, so I would stay home all day. Russ would sleep all day long, so at three, I was taking care of myself. Basically, at least until I would eventually leave the house and go to my grandma's one night he and my mom got into a fight and he hit her my grand, my grandpa threatened him and shortly after we moved out of state to get a fresh start he was basically isolating us he controlled everything money who we talked to where we could go at this point I was supposed to be seen and not heard if I did anything wrong I would be yelled at and or hit I was a pro at lying about where my bruises came from they were always on my legs or arms, never on my face. I spent the majority of my time in my room, lost in my books. After a beating, I would go, I would get cool presents like a TV. This started my love of classic television, yet another escape.
0: Aww. I
1: know. On my ninth birthday, shit hit the fan. I got presents from my aunts and grandparents, which set him off. He ripped open all my presents and threw them at me. He screamed at me, then told me I wasn't his kid. At the time, I was devastated. My mom kicked him out. It didn't take long for him to weasel his way back in, because that's what they fucking do. do. He weaseled his way back in with promises and loving attention. Shortly after, my Mm -hmm. mom became pregnant with my little brother. All was great for at least 10 months. After that, he became more controlling and wouldn't let us go out of his sight or would time my mom when she would go somewhere. I've been there. Me too. When I was about 13, I was awoken one night by screaming and the sound of glass breaking. I heard the door slam, and shortly after, my mom came in, bloody and bruised, calling the cops. He ran like a little bitch because my mom, who was basically built like an Amazon, defended herself. The cops found him, but he got one night in jail and some fines, a slap on the wrist, basically. Nice. Yeah, great. (laughs) way to protect the fam mom shipped me and my little brother to my grandparents the next day when he couldn't do anything about me he could my brother eventually we came back my mom had a small apartment by then and we were okay except on the weekends i was my brother's protector by this time and i would go with him to visit russ oh god yep mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By this point, he had stopped hitting me and started hitting on me. I felt so fucking gross. he would never he never actually raped me, but would proposition me and look at me, and with occasional touch thrown in, I was scared to death. I called my grandparents begging them to come get me, and they did. My mom signed over temporary custody, and I went home with them. My mom worked every day to divorce him and get my brother. She was broken she was broken and poor eventually we got him we are safe now and we haven't heard from him in years last i heard he was in prison which is a good place for him i agree i was screwed up for a long time i had a very hard time trusting men but eventually i found a good one my mom however has stayed happily single
0: i think our listener going to her grandparents was probably a divine intervention kind of a thing Because if it hadn't gone from a propositioning, it would have gone to a forced situation. Oh,
1: yeah. You don't have any choice anymore.
0: Oh, I think that that kind of a person would have, unfortunately, forced. Oh, for sure. And... I want to thank everybody that reached out to us during our uh, episode of Rusty Shackelford. Um, We deeply appreciate everybody that listened and reached out, um, especially Joe. Yes, Joe. (laughs) Hey. Because we were a little hesitant to drop that. But this is exactly what Rusty was talking about you've got to keep those red flags up at all times. Yeah. And he said, even, even about me. Like, if you saw me on the registry and you didn't know me, keep those red flags up.
1: Yeah. Well, anybody you don't know. <clears throat> exactly. Red flags. What, what's fucked up, though, is this, this... You get so excited, I can't fucking talk. I fucking... Ba-da, 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 ba-da. This guy in our last survivor story is beating on his wife... Beating on his kids.
0: And then... He gets a
1: night in jail. Hello. Hi. But Rusty, his whole life is fucked.
0: Right. Our- and it's it's deeply upsetting because I know Rusty on a very personal level. Um, he's a a good family friend. And he has the greatest of intentions for every person he meets. And yeah. then you have people like this who... Like Russ. Like fucking. Russ is a cunt.
1: Rusty is not a cunt.
0: Russ sucks. Rusty's awesome. So this next story is a little bit difficult to tell uh, for multiple reasons. Um, This is a listener of ours that we are also going to keep anonymous unless she wishes to reach out. And so a lot of this is something that I'm going to be reading verbatim. So I will start with my story. I'll start from the very beginning when I was 17. I had just given a baby up for adoption, so I was in a very vulnerable state. I was very vulnerable, and honestly, just a very easy target. I met my first abuser when I was out of friends. Oh, dude. Aww. I know. I I say words like I read them, and then I say them out loud, and I'm like, oh fuck.
1: Well, I haven't heard this one yet. I, I... I know
0: this one. It still fucking sucks. Um, I thought he was just the most attractive guy and he was quiet. He seemed kind of shy and that drew me into him. Even I even remember texting my friend jokingly saying, I'm getting his number tonight. Well, I did. And we ended up texting all night long. He was so sweet and he knew exactly what to say to make me feel happy and feel good and important. I ended up moving in with him very quickly and maybe almost like a week. We decided very soon that we both wanted a baby. This should have been a red flag, but as I mentioned before, I had just given up a baby and honestly, I was looking to fill that hole in me and having a baby seemed like a good idea. Everything was great. He was working full time. So in my head, yeah, we can have a baby. Fast forward three months and I'm pregnant. We found out April 26th, and I had my first appointment on the 18th birthday. Her 18th birthday.
1: Oh,
0: no. Yeah. June 13th. All throughout the pregnancy, everything was great, and he was good to me, and we were super excited to have a baby together. He proposed not long after that, finding out that we were pregnant, so we were excited to get married as well. I can understand that. In my 18-year-old mind, I'm living in an amazing life and we got married November 14th of 2011. Our daughter was born December 21st, that same year. Before I go further, I need to say a few things. In the first few months of our relationship, one of his ex-girlfriends actually reached out to me and told me that when they dated, he had gotten physically abusive with her he had gotten physical with her before and had been abusive. But, of course, I didn't listen. Now I'm I'm going back and forth between my brain and yeah. our listener's brain. I chose to believe that the man that I was with and what I was experiencing wasn't capable of those things. So... Here we are now, both just 18, just got our first house, we're married, we have a beautiful baby girl who is now a month old, and everything was so perfect. Now, fast forward two months, and he starts doing, he starts going out a lot and doing a lot of what he wants to do. Surprise. Hmm. He's going out with friends, drinking, and doing God knows what while I'm at home taking care of my daughter.
1: Was he the same age as her? Did I, did I miss that?
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: Okay. I didn't know if you said or if I missed it or what.
0: They were both 18, okay. 18, 19. Okay. Um, I then get another message from a girl telling me that she saw him with his ex, the girl that reached out from before, mm-hmm. and that they were hooking up. I asked him about this, and for the first time, I see a side of him that I've never seen before. Before before he was angry and called me a dumb bitch for even thinking that i would do this type of thing i ended up apologizing and believing him it slowly got worse he would start inviting his friends over to drink and party he would make me have sex with him where his friends could hear us hear us And he wanted me to be loud so they could hear. I just told myself it was because he was drunk and I let it go. It came to a point where he flushed his wedding band down the toilet after I'd asked if he had been with another woman. So there goes wedding band number one. I actually did end up leaving for one night and stayed with my dad. He called and apologized. Long apology. Crying. Begging. Begging. Not to break up the family, and I went back for our family. I went back the next day, and he didn't go to work. He told me that they laid him off. So a couple of weeks later, I started working while he was supposed to be home with Paisley, but I couldn't take the car. He would pick me up and drop me off. So he knew where I was at all times. Fast forward a couple of months and I had a great job at a doctor's office and we'd moved into a nice apartment. But he had let some guy that neither of us knew move in. This person that she is now living with um, starts telling her husband that I'm flirting with him all night long. I'm staying up all night with him so it makes her husband very angry. He starts getting in my face yelling at me calling me all sorts of name names. Paisley's now eight months old and I found out that I was pregnant again. So oh man, fucking eight months and another one on the way. shit. So at this point I'm scared of him because I feel stuck. I have a baby with him and another one on the way. I don't ignore, oh Jesus Christ, I'm like stumbling over my words. I'm so like... I know the story, but I get anxiety reading yeah. it. I don't know exactly the first time he put his hands on me, but my, my therapist said my brain blocked it out to protect me. I don't know that he didn't actually hit me, but I do know that it was more of a grab your face and hold you down, shove a person kind of a thing. I ended up working two out of the five years that we were together. I was making good money and couldn't understand why we had no money to pay the bills. Turns out he was dropping the kids off with his grandma and during that time doing whatever he wanted, blowing all the money. I was working full time, coming home, cooking, cleaning, cleaning the house, taking care of Paisley, still pregnant. So he did nothing at all. I worked Yeah, she worked up to five days before having their second fucking daughter, Elena, who was born on April 11th of 2013. We were now in a new house where he was still partying, drinking all the time, and had his friends over and always forced me to get drunk and get naked in front of his friends. That part had progressed from I want them to hear us fucking to I want them to see you naked. That's
1: so fucked up.
0: Yeah. So now we have some other dude living, like living with us. Once again, neither of us know him. And she went back to working three weeks after Elena was born. And after about a month, he forced me to quit my job to stay home. Anyways, the guy's girlfriend ended up telling me that they were riding four wheelers out and about and she said won't your wife be upset that you're with me to which he replied I already cheated on that bitch anyways
1: oh shit
0: so this is when it got really bad for me he's now forcing me to get drunk and have threesomes with him and other women he's forcing me to get with other men he's always telling me that I'm not good enough that I'm ugly that I'm fat and that I'm this worthless piece of shit And by now I've started to believe it. And he has succeeded in molding me into what he wanted. I'm always being accused of cheating on him. And when we are in public, I walk with my head down out of fear of a man walking by and him accusing me of looking at another man. There are so many other times I was yelled at in the car and I'm crying, but... When we get to our destination, it's dry your tears, wipe your face. Still to this day, if anyone says that to me, I get flashbacks. I hate those words. Keep in mind that Elena is only a few months old, so this is a progressive thing that happened fairly quick. We ended up moving in with his grandparents, but maybe a month later, we got another house. Now, I had decided that I don't want any more kids, and I made the mistake of telling him that, and I went to the doctor to get on birth control. It was like a week later that he got me drunk and purposely got me pregnant. Yes, I know it takes two to tango, but I wasn't just normal drunk. He would make me drink at least a half a gallon of vodka so that he could make me do anything. I ended up pregnant again and this time with a baby boy. He later tells me that he got me pregnant because he could feel that I was thinking about leaving, so he wanted to make sure that I was stuck with him. Our son was born August 13th of 2014, and we are back living with his grandparents in their house. Literally a week after having my son, we are all adults, so I'm just going to tell you, I was still bleeding from giving birth. He makes me have a threesome with him and his best friend. A week? A week. A week.
1: I've had three babies, and I know that that's not okay.
0: No. No. This progresses to him finding couples on Craigslist. So it went even further into him finding a swingers club and making me have sex with all sorts of people I didn't know. But it was either have sex with these people or pay the consequences. Jesus. In his mind, he had me trapped completely, and I was scared, and I was obedient, and I obeyed his every command. A very strong memory I had was one of the nights that he went out while I was begging him not to leave. Again, I cried so hard and I begged for him to stay home with his family. He kissed my forehead and said, I'll be home later. Normal people can't look at people that are crying and begging and just walk away. As soon as he shut the door, I fell to the floor and started begging God just to end it. And I pleaded for him. just let me die so it would just stop already i was physically and mentally exhausted and i was tired of the hurt and that i wanted to go away and i wanted to die the only thing that kept me alive was my kids i knew that they needed me and that's the reason i kept fighting the particular night he stayed out extra late he got home at about 7 a.m and laid down I got ballsy and I told him he wasn't sleeping because we have kids to take care of. He started arguing and I grabbed the keys so I could drive away. Well, he ended up grabbing my hand and told me that I would let go or he would break my hand. I don't know what happened in my brain, but he grabbed a little too hard and I blacked out and I punched him in the mouth, busting open his lip. He spat out blood, but the only reason he didn't put his hands on me is because his grandparents were home well this was my second time leaving and of course he called me all night and was actually showing up to the house and apologizing with all the same things I went back the next day the drinking got worse and I was so far gone I wasn't able to have any sort of time with my kids or have any sort of attachment to them that most mothers do I do remember that the last time he put his hands on me, though, he was drunk, and I was sad. And I said I didn't want to have sex, and he slapped me across the face. I was absolutely terrified. (sighs) And the sad part is that his grandparents were in the house and never did anything. They basically ignored all of it.
1: Serious. Who can ignore that? Or yep. were they scared of him too? Did they is that how they run things in their family?
0: I don't know. So I felt really like you know, you know nobody cared and she was all alone and nobody would believe me and nobody would help me. By now we had gone through three sets of wedding bands with him. One was flushed, one was thrown out the window and one was lost in the mud. I had gone through two sets because he took mine off my finger and threw him out the window. I was absolutely miserable. I didn't even know who I was anymore, and my whole life was controlled by him. I remember the morning I decided to leave. I don't know where the courage came from, but he asked me if something was wrong, and I said, yeah, I'm leaving. He put on the act of, I'm sorry, I love you, and all of those things, and I was finally able to say, I'm leaving, and I mean it. And I went to my dad's house, and it was weird. I had no emotions about anything. God damn. I ended up, I ended up being told that I have PTSD. And that's why I felt nothing. My brain is stuck in a defense mode because of him. My oldest daughter remembers certain events and certain events and will ask me if I remember and it breaks my heart, not only because I suffer daily, so does my poor five year old. And that she has to carry those scars and those memories. Mary- Memories with her I am so thankful now that two years later I have found a man that loves me I am now happily married to an amazing man we have a son of our own who was six months old he treats me perfectly he raises all of my children our children as though they were his own and were able to oh Jesus Christ and was able to find happiness but not everybody is I got out before it got any worse I am thankful every day that I found the courage to leave him. And I want everybody to know that if you need someone to talk to and trust, I'm always available. And will drop anything and everything to help you in any way that I can. I know that there is a small amount of detail I've left out here, but I tried the best I could to share. This was hard for me because it took me a while because I broke down while I was doing this. Rightfully so. Yeah. People need to be aware of this happening. And by the way, he is remarried. And yes, he still gets to see our kids. Yeah, I am very that. close with his new wife because I want her to know that she can trust me. And if she ever needs me or wants to feel like she needs to talk, I am here. That's very noble.
1: That is. That, that's got to be hard to do.
0: They have a seven month old and she's already 12 weeks pregnant again. So it's the same pattern. Jesus. People like this don't change and never will. Sorry, it's long and I think it's kind of not what you were looking for. I may have missed this. I will add if I need to. Thank you for letting me share my story.
1: That's exactly what we're looking for. Survivor stories. We're trying to get awareness out. It's for people to notice what's going on.
0: And this is a it's a it's a clear cut story of being manipulated and being controlled. And if I can keep you pregnant, I can keep you home. Yeah. And I think that was his ultimate goal.
1: Probably. Cause she's not in his mind. She's not going to leave while she's pregnant. And so if she's always pregnant, she's not going to
0: go. No. And I think that was it was, I'm just going to keep putting babies in her a week. A week after having a fucking baby, no, he coerces her into having a fucking threesome?
1: That cannot be okay. And who would do that? Who are his fucking friends? Uh, you fucking tell me. I hope they're well, like, all listening. What are all fucking of shit t- Yeah,
0: You're does all that.
1: asshole pieces of shit. If you don't give a fuck about a person enough to even let them heal from having a baby, if that's all you're fucking worried about is getting your dick wet... Go fuck yourself. Right. Get in the shower. Get the conditioner. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. Or come to me and I'll cut that motherfucker off for you because you don't or need it.
0: We'll smear some peanut butter on it and fucking feed it to one of our dogs. Mm-hmm. Bite, bitch. Because you're a fucking douchebag. Oh, dude, that was hard to read. Yeah. And I've read it multiple times, but like when you start reading out loud, it's fucking hard to get it out.
1: No, I don't nope 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 so but then we have one more we have one more one more story which is a little different than the others this is from a listener that a listener
0: a lee sonner
1: that wants to stay anonymous for other obvious reasons yeah um shall we just color h sure
0: or maybe call her Beth. Let's call her Beth. Let's call her Beth.
1: Hi, Beth. Hi, Thank Beth. Thank you for listening. Beth. I'm going to read it again word for word because I fuck it up when I try to do otherwise and I don't want to fuck up this story. Fair enough. Starts off saying, oh, man, I grew up super fucked up. I'm not sure if you have the time. We always have the time for you, Beth. So my parents have had a rocky relationship my whole life. When I was eight, my mom found out, or my mom found a friend in a fellow truck driver, a male. But he wasn't interested in her. He was interested in me. Oh, gross. She was eight, in case you didn't catch that.
0: God damn it. The first time he touched me. Hey, Joe, you might want to fucking turn this one yeah, off. Yeah, Joe,
1: this is where you cut yours out. The first time he touched me, we were snowed in at his wife's house. Oh, oh Jesus. I'm going to start that over. The first time he touched me, we were snowed in at his and his wife's house. I woke up to him sliding his hand down the back of my pajama pants, and he said, Oh, I thought you were R, R being her little brother. At eight, I didn't know any better. The next morning, he was zipping up my coat and told me I didn't need to tell anyone. That was a mistake, etc. Then I went went out to play with his two young sons and my younger brother. This went on for years. He would tickle fight, and his fingers would find his way find their way below the belt. We would go into the park, and those '90s shorts would oh god. We would go to the park, and those '90s shorts would somehow show all his junk.
0: Oh god.
1: Visual. I hope everyone has a visual, because I do.
0: Ugh.
1: My parents were going through some shit that at eight, nine, I couldn't comprehend. Eight or nine years old. Right. The rest of this needs to have a a preface that my family is, was, all large. They are all really fat and happy. I do not fault them on that whatsoever. None. No fat shaming, but it plays a part in my story. At nine, I couldn't control my life. My mom, who didn't know, put me in someone's hands who was a predator. I was taking it because I thought if if I didn't, my brother would. The only thing I could control was what I ate. So nine years old became anorexic. We were also really poor, so I controlled what I ate. And as I'm typing this at 31, I think I was also taking care of my brother in more ways by allowing allowing him to have more to eat. That is a really weird life revelation to have through an email to a group of women I look up to. Mm -hmm. At 11, so three and a half-ish years of emotional turmoil and anorexia, I finally grew the lady balls to tell my mom. I walked in her room. I remember the way she was laying on her bed. I remember the layout of the room. I remember the way the curtains were. I have no idea what I said. All I know is I tried to lay my soul soul bare to her, and I was shot down. I remember saying to her that he had been touching me for years. I can't handle it anymore. I can't take it. Or something like that. Her exact wor- exact words were, well, he's not around anymore, so you don't need to worry now. Move, you're blocking my TV show. Cunt. Way to go, Mom. dun 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 Big cunt. Yeah, she was... Sorry, um, Beth. Yeah. I
0: feel like it's appropriate at that point.
1: She was 11 years old, and her mom did just... She,
0: hey, could you fucking... You're blocking the prices, rate. Yeah. You fucking butthole. Could
1: you get me another glass of wine and some more Cheetos, please? Jesus, fuck. I remember growing up that she and dad told us forever, and I've confirmed this with my brother, who is another story, that if there was an important information, they would tell each other mother to father. So 11-year-old Beth assumed her mother would tell her daddy. Who is still my rock? What happened? At 16, I started good kid rebuilding. I would talk back. I wouldn't listen. Shit like that. I knew at four I was going to join the military, so I good kid rebuild. I made out with people.
0: <laughs> dude She sounds like she
1: rebels like I do. Well, I I'm going to go over there and kiss that boy when I'm 16. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so guess what? At 16, I hadn't even kissed anyone. Yet. That's when I kiss someone. But I get where you're coming from, Beth. You guys will get a kick out of this. The straw that broke everything was that I told my mom the high school football game ended one hour after it did, so I could make out with my crush. No sex, no drugs, no drinking, just kissing.
0: Yep, you're a Nikki. Yes. Yes.
1: Beth, you and I could be trained. Yes, yes. you're a Nikki. Yes.
0: Yes. Dude, I was making out with boys in the coat closet when I was 12 in sixth grade.
1: I went to a movie with a boy when I was 12 once, and I sat by him, and I sort of held his hand till I got all sweaty, but I wouldn't look at him, and he tried to kiss me, and I moved my head and bailed. Nope. And it was Frankenstein, I remember. We came home and had a brawl. I remember my exact words were, you weren't worried about me at nine when Steve started touching me and threatened R, her brother. You weren't worried when I told you at 11 and told you why I wasn't eating and why the fuck do you care now?
0: Well, it's good right point. Fucking so. She
1: cares that you're going to stay out a, an hour late to make out with somebody, but she doesn't give a fuck when you're getting molested and starving yourself so your brother can eat. Weird.
0: Hmm.
1: hmm. And this was the first my dad had heard it, five to seven years after the fact, and this bitch tried to spin it on me like you wanted to tell him.
0: Oh. Oh, Like saying,
1: I didn't tell him because you wanted to tell him, I think is what I'm getting out of this. Uh, right? Yeah. How the fuck did she think, as a grown-ass woman, a little girl was going to tell her daddy that a grown man was touching her so he wouldn't touch her brother? After this, my mom decided to take up long take up long haul truck driving, and my dad decided to take up drinking. Both equally fun hobbies for parents
0: of two. One mm. never home, and then one, the one never coherent time.
1: Good yeah. sounds great. great. Good parenting decisions. Awesome. I would make sure R was up and dressed for school. We would walk to school together and home together. One of the two fights I got in at school was in grade school because some little bitch decided to call my brother fat. He was, there's no doubt, but she didn't get the right to say that, so I beat the shit out of her to the point that literally no one ever talked shit to his face or that made it back to me his entire school career. Go back. Don't stop, get it, get it, punch <laughs> that bitch right in her face. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. He was three school years younger than me. I wasn't about to go through what I went through to have some spoiled bitch talk crap about him. No that's not how this works. Fast forward a long ass time. I have conquered my past. My mom has told me what she believe has happened to Steve I tell her I tell her I believe her but I don't I just choose to move on. My brother graduated high school at nearly three hundred pounds. In college at over 450. Oh Though my god, poor pure, kid. I know. Fuck. Though pure hard work and all heart, he is now 180 pounds. That gave my whole oh, body Oh, shit. Congratulations.
0: That's a lot of work. Fuck, but, yeah. Yeah. Fiergas, that's a fucking lot of dedication. Uh, it is because my fat ass
1: can't get under 180 no matter what I do. Okay, and I shit. don't try that hard.
0: I don't, well, I, don't I know. say
1: I do, but my mind takes over and tells me to eat all the candy. I can't, <laughs> but I
0: don't. That's pretty fucking impressive. Congratulations, are yeah, Good job, Because that's, that's fucking outstanding and good for you and good for no, you. No shit. She really is a stand-up motherfucker. For real. Wait. That's, no, for real, like for a person to take control of their life and lose that much weight and work towards like a healthy goal of... From four fifty to one eighty. Jesus F- fucking Christ. I
1: think I've done a good service when I've lost five pounds. I'm like, no, fucking shit, party, dude. let's eat it back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I am fucking I'm going to taco time.
1: Yeah. I lost five pounds, that means I can have all the candies now. God
0: damn, good for him. Yes. Proud. Proud of you. He... And if you're listening to this, listener, submissioner. Please tell your brother that we're very, very proud of him because that's
1: fucking outstanding. She better fucking be listening. I know who she is and I know where she
0: live. Me too. I have her address. Yeah, it's, me it's too. It's a long, 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 long. Well, it's a ways. minute. It'll
1: take us a minute to walk there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going um, to have to put my running shoes on and and not you, run and i don't know if you know <laughs> no. this but i don't own running shoes i don't
1: own running <laughs> shoes so i hope my flip-flops will take me
0: flip-flop <laughs> um, flip-flop 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 all the way there
1: no nope, uh, flip-flop flip-flop okay, okay fucking i'm tired for some taco time. <laughs> he remembers nothing of what his life was like growing up and i think whatever god is available for that I will give my childhood a hundred times over for this. Fuck, you're giving me the chills. You're a good fucking person. Dude,
0: that's what siblings do. Yep. They fucking protect the little ones. Yeah. That's for damn sure.
1: As I stated before, I joined the Air Force in December 2014, less than six months after graduating high school. I met my husband in 2005 for the first time, 2006 officially. Long story. We were married in 2007, dual military for eight years. I spaced myself from my mom for multiple reasons. But when I came, became pregnant with my son, I knew I didn't want my past and my drama to be his. So I reached out to her. I survived my past. I survived my past. I survived my drama. I survived my mom so that she could become the person necessary to be the nana to her first grandson.
0: Mm-hmm. My mother
1: and I are good friends. We are horrible mother and daughter. As long as she doesn't try to mother me, we're good. I can forgive her for her transgressions, but I will never forget them. If you were asking yourself where my dad was during all of this, he was quietly there. My dad was my rock. My dad was the island of, in the sea of fucking insanity. While he might have issues with drinking, he always made sure that there was a box of hamburger helper in the cabinet and meat, milk, and eggs in the fridge. While my mom was God knows where he was at work, I can still to this day recite his work phone number, which I won't because it's still the same number. I survived. I survived a horrible mother. I survived a predator. I survived a dirt poor house. I survived. I have chills fucking everywhere right now.
0: (sighs) Thank you for taking care of your little brother.
1: No shit. And you know that she doesn't. Thank you for
0: taking care of yourself. But thank you for exactly. taking care of your little brother.
1: And she probably doesn't see herself as the real hero that she is. Mm-hmm. And her little brother probably doesn't know.
0: like Because uh, she's yeah.
1: not the person that's going to be like, you know what I did for you?
0: Well, you only narcissists like that. Do that. Yeah, Because yeah. my brothers did a lot for me. Like a lot, a lot. Because my dad was not in the picture. And my mom worked multiple jobs. And... When there was nothing but, like, bread, Miracle Whip, and fucking cheese in the fridge, and there was only enough for one sandwich, guess who got the sandwich? Yeah. I did. Because my brothers made sure.
1: Yeah. And they still would, and you know they would.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave still fucking caters to me. Well, in, like, uh, early 2000s, when I was getting cleaned up off of meth, and I had zero fucking dollars to my name. And I lived in his basement. If I got hungry because I couldn't afford groceries, um, I actually went to Chili's where he worked as a manager. And he would comp his free meal for me. Oh, Yeah. All the time. Oh, And he would go without.
1: He's such a nice boy.
0: Dave is a good guy. Yes. Yes. We like you, Dave we love dave we love dave we love ron too ron's just weird <laughs> ron doesn't laugh because i'm of... <laughs> ron... <laughs> sorry <laughs> i got to <laughs> fucking ron's just weird no but my brothers took very good care of me because i didn't have either parent around so
1: Yeesh. Yeesh.
0: anyway at the end of the day let's uh let's wrap this up shall we shall we with a boo shall we with a red boo with a big red bow and if you're living in the uinta bison or even in the salt lake valley saray Milliken with eclipse realty can be your realtor and she specifically hones in on like buyer's homes She's a badass bitch. And she is an exquisite human being. If you're in the fucking market, please give her a holler at 435-219-4858. You can also check us out. On social media, we have
1: Facebook, which every fucking buddy needs to go like it because we're having a contest right now. We still need the likes before we do a
0: drawing. A draw. Well, you know, my name is Simon, (laughs) and I like to do drawings. (laughs) And we will give away a free pair of Studio Sweden headphones.
1: Also, our Facebook group, which is the Color We Did Podcast
0: group, group.
1: (laughs) then we'll do another another drawing another drawing and we're gonna throw in a little bit of merchandise
0: merchandise Fiergas, gas did you say fucking merchandise i said merchandise we've got lanyards and water bottles and t-shirts and t-shirts but um you can also check us out on instagram at color me dead podcast and twitter at color me dead pod and if you want to see me on Instagram,
1: I'm at gory underscore Nikki. And on Twitter, I am N. Whoa.
0: I tried to put all that together. I'm at N. Toon. T O O N E. Yeesh. 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 And if you talk to somebody from Color Me Dead 90% of the time, it's per- per-cent, percent. It's angel. Because I don't, I the only personal account i have is on facebook and it's angel maze yeah so if you want to friend me don't stalk me and don't be fucking weird or talk politics with me
1: i've been trying to be better at instagram so i go there a lot more i'm trying to put more on my personal page so it looks like i actually go there because i really do and twitter i just check it because i'm still too stupid to figure out how that shit works i'm sort of i'm getting better. but tweet me Instagram me, Instagram, Facebook us, tell us what you think, tell us. We always like suggestions. Um, we have we have our schedule out for quite some time. But with episodes every week, we clearly have time to do whatever your suggestions are. I have a whole list of things that we've been getting from our listeners.
0: Thank you to all of our Patreons. Thank you to our alpha dogs, Quentin Toon and Tiffany Rivera Piper. Yes, you. You oh, sh- yes, you. you
1: know who you are. And Polly, too. I know you both. I know. Well, all three of those
0: people, and I know them. And also, also, we have Amy Scott, Lynn Shirley, Cammy Willard, Jessica Reinstein, Reinstein. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that properly, I'm sorry, Elisa Boyles, Vanessa Sloth, Sleuth, Slith.
1: We 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 know you too, and we'll go ahead and fuck up your name just yeah. to make
0: you important. But... I I'm just we fucking hung out and played with your dogs. We did dags. We we hung like out dogs? and we talked about shit. And yes, we did. We don't know how to say your fucking name because I'm an asshole and I'm mildly retarded. I don't know. I don't Mackenzie know. Fueling, Sarah Thompson, Allison Ernst, um, and we have a twenty dollar Patreon. Erica Phillips. Erica.
1: New one. We also have Kristen Stone. She is our friend, by the way. hmm She sends us videos, and we send her horrible, horrible accents <laughs> in the middle of her workday on yep. a Friday. Yep. We love you. She sent me a video. Well, I sent it to you, too. She sent a video of her and her rabbit who roams her house yes. freely. Anyway, we have Justin Morris. Mally Freas. I'm fucking up your name all the way. Freas. Michelle Freas.
0: Freas. Mally Freus.
1: I know. I see her on Instagram all the time. Fucking Jose
0: frío. Hi, we fuck Freus. your name up. Hi, I'm Angel, and I can't fucking do anything right.
1: Hi, I'm Nikki, and I'm here to fuck up your name.
0: Welcome to Color Me Dead. We're a bunch of fuck sticks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
1: All right. Michelle King, Jairo Batista. Got that one right. I know
0: how to say that one now. Oh, and let's congratulate Michelle. Yes. Real quick. Because she's doing a very selfless thing and she's being a surrogate. Oh. For a family that needed a womb. That's the and nicest she, thing the, ever. The embryo took. She's pregnant right now. Aww. So I hope your morning sickness passes soon. Love for you.
1: fucking real, man. We have Liana de Rowan from Lost Mordia. We have Louie Butler, Kelly. Louie Louie. Louis, Louis. Oh, oh baby. baby. I don't know what they say <laughs> I now. Don't, I don't know on paperbacks. <laughs> I, have, I have what I think they say and what they actually say, and I think those are two different
0: things. Yeah. Well, so, you yeah, know, eh. fucking story of our life. Yeah.
1: yeah. Kelly yes. Van Bookout, Joe Ryder.
0: Mike Brown from The Pleasing Terrors? Terrors. Ooh, yeah. and I'm fucking super pumped because we get to meet him at Potter and Love. Yay! Mm. Mm-hmm. We have Catherine Moore,
1: Brent Till. Which one? Which part was supposed to be silent? I can't remember. I think it's Ansel. Ansel. That's how I'm going to say it. Shelby Lauren. Is that Shelby Lauren Dunn? I'm here to fuck up your name, too.
0: Dude, Luce, you can't fucking trust us.
1: I I can't do the simplest of tasks. <laughs> Lucy Burton, Celeste Maisel, Vin Simon Simon Semen Tilly we yeah, love Tilly from Vin. the uh
0: foodie boozy, foody, boozy spo- sweary oh, yeah, oh so. spooky sweary. Uh, okay, we're
1: here to fuck up the name of your podcast. I FBSS. Inc- Can we call it that?
0: Foody, I'm boozy, incredibly spooky, sorry, sweary. Vin.
1: It scared me the other
0: day. I had to turn it off. I literally scared the fuck out of myself. Um, I was to listening it. to it at night. Yeah, and I had to do the same thing. I was like, "All right, you know no. what? I'm gonna do that thing where I'm afraid to like have my foot sticking uh-huh. out of the covers. Yep,
1: or be down the hall because you hear people walking down the hall. But the, so the first episode made me hungry. I was like, God damn, I know what they're eating. It sounds so so fucking good. (laughs) And then the next one, I was like, I'm so scared right now. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) It's
0: amazing, though. I'm going to turn on all the lights. Uh, Michael Pritt. Yes. And then we have Kelly Jones, Jenna Corbett, who does uh... Meet Me in the Woods. Thank you. We fucked it up the one time, so I was trying to remember what it was. Yes. Uh, Tamlin Wood, Brendan Schap. Oh my god! Mouth fucking make words. Brandon Shepard, uh, Carl Pawlowski, who is uh the host of the Pancast Network. He does that's no moon. That's a podcast, and he also does Foot of the Mountain, where he's trying to lose a hundred pounds. Oh wow! In like a hundred weeks. Holy shit! Yeah, King of the Mountain. Mountain. Mountain.
1: Is that what got in your head, too? King
0: of the Mountain, Mountain, Mountain. Uh, Mindy Smith, um, Felicia Alvarez, the Hillbilly Horror Stories. Thank you guys so much. One of my favorite t-shirts I have ever gotten. Um, Go check out their podcast as well. Valerie Johnson and True Crime Fan Club. Yay. If we missed anybody's. Lainey. Laney, that's Laney's.
1: Oh yeah, it is, huh? Mm-hmm. If we missed anybody's podcast and we said your name, we're sorry. We're a couple of fuck ups. So, I
0: mean, I'm. You don't uh, fucking trust us. No, no, nope. mm. we're, we're stupid, small minded. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're very small minded, yeah, very small minded, and just a few light slaps every now and again. We're like the stegosaurus of the human. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck With what's a long neck <laughs> <laughs> good god almighty mary Sorry. thank Wait. you guys for all of your support yes you guys are all fucking awesome and so for those of you who might be interested in going to potter and love whoop whoop we have some excellent information for you. We have information for the listeners. Oh, for the listeners, Dee <laughs> Dee, did you want to go to Pattern Love?
1: Come to my laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> It'll
0: be at the Interknock. <laughs> Fuck! Hold on, I fucked it up. <laughs> Intercontinental Hotel. <laughs> Fuck.
1: <laughs> I was gonna try to say in New Orleans, but there's no way in I to do that. New Orleans, New
0: Orleans, Didi, do you want to go down south? It's my first time to the bayou. Um, I'm very excited because I get to see my biological father again, and uh, I get to eat gator and take and your benignets. best friend to the bayou and take my best friend to the bayou. Um. So, we're going to Potter and Love in August. Um, we'll be there the 9th through the 13th. The convention is actually the 10th, 11th, and 12th. And uh, we purchased a table. We'll be on Podcast Row with <gasps> awesome people I'm like so fucking excited, like Mike Brown. Like Mike Brown from Pleasing Terrors
1: and Tim Scott from History Yay. Dweebs. and Could you imagine if they put us together? I wonder if we can request to be by the History Dweebs. They'd probably bounce us the fuck out of there. Um,
0: Shit will get real fucking south real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Playtime. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's, if, always play know, it's always playtime for uh, us. It's always playtime. If you guys are interested in going. Then they
1: are going to give us a... 10% code. off yeah code for 10% off so stay tuned we're still waiting for us they emailed us like a week ago and they said they were going to give us a code discount code a discount code so for your you attendee passes oh yeah, yeah then you can go and you can meet us we're also going to be doing some sort of a meetup april 9th salt lake city we need to get a place down and nailed
0: no yes down and nailed oh Oh, you were looking at me weird i'm like are we not going no down and nailed well that'll be the day before Nikki's fucking neck surgery and so we might have to figure something out for that
1: yeah yeah just it won't be anything huge just like we're gonna be here having drinks i'm sure i can't have drinks but we'll
0: I'll, i'll be there drinking water no we can go and like eat food
1: yeah, go somewhere
0: and eat food. So Ooh, we'll like figure it hub out. Fucking spoke for shrimp and grits. Ugh. Oh.
1: So it won't be anything formal. It'll be an informal type. Whatever, come see us if you want to share. Share. We'll bring some stickers for at least the
0: stickers for Didi. Did you want a sticker <laughs> for your listeners?
1: Let me go to the laboratory and what? get one. <laughs> Shall we? End so, by saying be a survivor. Stay strong. And stay out of chalk lines.
0: Goodbye! Hey everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. We discuss a variety of mysterious topics, ranging from historic events to present-day urban myths and legends. Please join us. Look up Stranger Than podcast on iTunes, Google Play, stitcher and most other of your favorite places to get podcasts also check us out on facebook at facebook.com/strangerthanpodcast we'll talk to you soon take care